Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And that put her in a rage. A big one. She stripped all my clothes off. She dragged me onto the floor by my hair out the door she threw me outside naked oh my god the older neighbor kid like he was like a preteen or teenager saw me and it was very very uncomfortable but you know there was my grandfather saying you're the one that riles up the kids and you know all that so that's when I pushed back and (laughs) it was it was a trauma that came back to me Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls. And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast. If you find it hard to release your emotions, you'll be keen to read this week's blog post, Eight Interesting Reasons You Can't Cry. Releasing emotion is so important when you are healing from trauma and it's good to understand what's behind that inability to release. Links to this blog post are in the show notes. Natasha grew up with a mum who was incredibly cruel. She was narcissistic, depressed and mentally unwell and Natasha took the brunt of her wrath. Natasha was unheard. She was without a voice. And the few times she did speak up, she paid for it 
big time. Her mother was often in a rage, often in front of other people, even attacking Natasha physically in front of other people and nobody spoke up. Natasha was silenced and yet she still loved her mother. She still yearned for her mother's love in return. And that says something about the deep bonds that we form with our mothers. What struck me about this story was the generational paranoia being passed down. The belief that when a child is misbehaving, they're doing it on purpose to anger the parent. A child spills her milk and there's a generational belief that she is trying to make her parent angry. That belief is passed down and it is toxic and it is very, very damaging. We pick this story up as Natasha is describing how regardless of her mum's cruel punishments, she still loved and cared for her mum. I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome or or what, or it's just that it's an innate sense that that's my mom and I still care about her. No matter how messed up my mm. mom is, I still want her. I was crying. Like, I remember myself crying. I'm like, I miss my mom. Like, I want her to be here. Mm. You know, I was in, you know, elementary school and I see all these, you know, kids have their moms and I, I didn't have mine. And you know, I was with my, my grand, my grandmother was wonderful with me. I mean, she wasn't warm and fuzzy, but she was very protective, very safe. I was never scared around her. And it was finally, she let me play outside and it was, it was a great childhood, really. I just mm. really missed her. So when you did spend time with your mom, what was, what was that time like as a little girl? Like when I was here, like when I was little, very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. If someone was around, I was safe. Like, and I, I had an uncle that was very quiet, and he would stay with us sometimes. And I loved him because we would just sit there and watch Nova together. But when he wasn't around, my mom was not safe with me at all. Like, a lot of violence happened with me. Not so much with my, I have a younger sister, it didn't really happen with her at all but it, it it was directed towards me. Yeah. And so it's interesting, isn't it? You say that there was this violence towards you and then you were over in Malta and, and yet you really missed your mum. Yes. It's, it's interesting how our brains work, isn't it, and the conditioning. I was trying to figure that out, like, do I like being abused? What's going on, you know, like, but... You know, I guess like every child needs a mom yeah. in their life. You know, so. And when I we're li- when we're little kids, we only know that person as a mom. We yeah. think that that's kind of normal in some way, right? Like, it's not till we get older and we look back and go, "What was going on?" I mean, it is the only thing we know about having yeah. a mom. I guess I just I knew she wasn't normal at an early age, but I still main excuses I don't know if it's made excuses for her or just still loved her no matter how faulty she was yeah well <laughs> and so your dad what was what was he like in that situation in that family he was very passive like kind of my mom ruled the roost so he was very passive I think he knew my mom had like mental illness you know she would get like depressed a lot and not get out of bed 
And that's one of the reasons they left me with my grandparents in Malta because, you know, she couldn't care for me the way I needed to be cared for. But yeah, he kind of was very passive, except one time when she was kind of being violent with me and he kind of had to come out of his room and see what was going on. And he stopped her. So that's the only time. But Wow. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it, that you've got this father right there a lot of the time and he does nothing. But when he was passing, you know, he had cancer and I was visiting him one day in the hospital and he asked me about a situation that happened in Malta where my mom was incredibly violent in a room full of people. I dirtied my shirt somehow and I went over there. This was my dad's aunt. So, my, yeah, my grandmother sent me over there with the lotto numbers for some reason. And I had a pen, overflowed my shirt, and I kind of was, like, so afraid because my mom used to get nuts with messes. Like, messes just, like, they triggered her in some kind of way. So I went there, and she's I was like this, like my turtle. I'm wearing a turtle, like I'm covering, trying to cover my shirt with my hands. And she's like, what are you doing? What's under your shirt? And I'm like. I went like that. I was like trying to show her like really quick as she went off on a tangent, picked up a knife, threw it across the room. If I didn't duck under the table, she would have hit me. Wow. Now, all of my dad's family was there. And uh, I didn't know this, but he brought this up at his, at his deathbed. He said, did such and such happen? Did she throw a knife at you that day? And he was in such a fragile state that I kind of didn't really want to tell him the truth. So I was like, mm, how, do I, how do I deal with this now? And I'm like, you know what, daddy? It did happen, but it passed. I'm okay. It passed. It's in the past. It's not happening now. It happened. And he started crying. Mm. Because his aunt had called him and said, come and get your daughter because she's going to kill her. Oh, wow. That's where I heard it happened. And I had, you know, I had no idea that that happened. Like, I didn't know she had called him. And, you know, there was somebody trying to help, you know. Yeah. And I remember my grand. they called my grandmother to come and get me. My grandmother was kind of like, I, I saw she was getting really upset with my mom, like saying, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? You know, and she goes, she does that on purpose to piss me off. And I'm like, I do, I really didn't overflow my pen on purpose. I, I really didn't want a knife thrown at me. I mean, you think I would do that? <laughs> so, yeah. So that was like one incident there. And so you mentioned that your mom had mental health issues. What yeah. What exactly was going on for her? I don't think a lot of people knew back then, but she would lay in bed crying. Like even when she came to visit, with my younger sister, like she came, you know, over the course of the summer months, she was just in bed crying. We didn't know what was going on. I had a doctor, we had a doctor come in, we had, now this was her own house in Walter, so my grandmother was out of the picture. She wouldn't come to visit when my mom was like that. She didn't understand, I guess, depression. She thought my mom was doing it on purpose. You know, she's kind of like that old school mentality. But a doctor came, a psychiatrist came, and I remember like a scene, me and my sister were only little girls, and 
they came, they were speaking to my mom and my mom was, she was going off on a tangent. Like she was crying, saying, I want to take a shower. I don't want to comb my hair. And like, just like really like crying. And us girls, we were just still standing in the room and nobody kind of made us, you know, kind of go away. So I grabbed my little sister by the hand and I said, and I was only like very young. I don't know how, you know, I was still a young girl myself. And I said, let's go into the bedroom, you know? And I, I look back on it and I'm like, you know what? Those were professionals. Like they were adults in the room. Why did I have to take her by the hand and go to the next room so we don't have to see my mom like that? Yeah. Like I had to grow up fast. And yeah. and when she was there visiting and she got sick, I was the one that was taking care of her. Like I was the one forcing her to eat, making her grilled cheeses, making her tea, going shopping in the village. And, you know, she would give me such a huge shopping list that I was like pushing the carriage and almost the food was almost falling off of it. But, you know, I had village people going, where's your mom? Where's your mom? And I'm like, well, she's not feeling well, you know kind of making me feel like I guess I shouldn't be doing this but I am yeah at what age was was that at what age was she giving you those responsibilities I'm trying to think but I know I was in elementary school and I was about 10 or 11 Mm. yeah Yeah. and what's the age difference to your sister we're six seven years apart yeah and so was your mum actively getting any kind of help for the this mental health? They issue? were giving her some kind of pills. And I don't think they targeted her because she was saying, you know, they didn't make her feel good. They said, she's like, I don't want to take these anymore. I don't want to take these anymore. I don't feel good. And now as of recent, after my my dad passed away, she started getting bouts of depression and then I realized myself what it was because she was down for two weeks really not taking care of herself at all and then really up for the next two weeks so I'm like she's bipolar so I finally you know I got her in with some help and some medication and she started you know it was early she was starting to feel better this was over the summer but now we're not speaking anymore you know I stopped speaking to her this past September. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's history, isn't it? With mental health, you know, we're becoming so much more aware of everything now, but not that long ago, people just weren't really getting the proper help for that. And as a child growing up in that environment, what did you feel every day? Were you just feeling terrified? It sounds as if you wouldn't have known was what terrified. was going to happen. I, was, I think I was terrified and I was numbing myself out at the same time. Like I remember I went to like pre-K. She sent me to pre-K and I was painting on the board and we were wearing our like little, old, like some, like an old t-shirt or something. And I remember some kid grabbed my hand, my wrist and said, that's my paintbrush. And <laughs> then all the paint went all over my uniform, my 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 shirt and I'm like oh my goodness she's going to kill me she's going to think I did this on purpose because that's where it is and I started crying so intensely 
And I told, and the teacher's like, are you okay? And I'm like, my mom's going to kill me. My mom's going to, I literally said those words, my mom's going to kill me. And now looking back at it, I'm like, wasn't that like a red flag? You know, because my, my teacher then at dismissal, my mom came to pick me up and she said, I just want to let you know that she dirtied her shirt, but it's not her fault. Another little boy, you know, was playing around with her. And my mom looked like she calmed down so much. She's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And like, now I'm looking at it and I'm like, she really thought I was doing things on purpose. Mm. She really thought that. And I'm like, I'm a little girl. Like, I'm not gonna, I don't know what she was thinking. Yes. And I think that's, that's what a lot of kids go through as well. That the parent blames the child for everything that they do wrong well that they do wrong in inverted quotes because kids are just kids you can't send a child to go and do painting and expect them to stay 100% clean it's just crazy kids have to learn they have to grow and I think especially when years gone by it's really been something that parents haven't understood and so yeah, just that terror of feeling like you're going to get in so much trouble all the time. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And was there ever a time when you would like push back or react to her abuse? I mean, I remember when I reacted to her abuse and boy, did I regret it. <laughs> because it's like I I know it was a time when she came to visit in Malta and I was eating you know my mom my see that's that's always what I do I call my grandmother my mom <laughs> without even realizing but yeah like my grandmother cooked for me and I was eating on the table and she was just nitpicking at me my grandfather was around, but she was nitpicking at me like there was no tomorrow. She's like, roll up your sleeves and sit against the table and you're making a mess. So I was like really like scared to eat. And she just kept going and going and going. And I felt the anger just rising. And I'm like, you know, I had already spent a bunch of years with my grandparents and they never made me feel like this. And then here she comes like with this attitude that I'm doing something wrong by just eating. So I got so upset, I flipped the table over with the with the plates and everything. And that put her in a rage, a big one. She stripped all my clothes off. She dragged me onto the floor by my hair out the door. She threw me outside naked. Oh, my God. older neighbor kid like he was like a preteen or teenager saw me and it was very very uncomfortable but you know there was my grandfather saying you're the one that riles up the kids and you know all that so that's when I pushed back and (laughs) it was it was a trauma that came back to me oh my goodness so was she 
doing this sort of stuff in front of other people quite regularly. Yes. She was some, sometimes she, I was alone. When I was alone, it was more intense and it was more disturbing. Like it was almost like, I don't know if it was psychopathic or, or sadistic or, or what, but you know, stuff happened where it was more intense. And then in public, she would just snap. Like, I think it was just like a snap, like the knife. I feel like she just, like she, it went into like a blo- full blown rage. And she didn't even think about what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you mentioned something that happened at school. Yes. I was in Catholic elementary school. I had just gotten in from Malta that year and it was a culture shock, complete culture shock. I couldn't follow any of the courses. I felt like I almost had ADHD or something. And I'm like, I can't follow anything. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it was my nerves or my anxiety we had a test coming up and I didn't want to take this test. (laughs) So I was in charge of taking my sister to school. So I took her to school and instead of going myself into the building, I went to the library, which was like two, three blocks down. I was like, you know what I'll do? I'm going to skip the test. I'll stay in the library. And then at dismissal, I'll go by school. (laughs) So I went by the school at dismissal and I was like, how come you came out from that side? And I'm like, oh, they let us out early. And then my little sister comes out and tells my mom, oh, Natasha wasn't in school today. Natasha wasn't in school today. Mm-hmm. And then there, my teacher, my homeroom teacher came out with all the kids. And then she's like, well, there's your teacher. Let's ask her. So she asked her, was Natasha in school today? And, you know, teacher kind of shook her head no. And my mom, again, when she's at full-blown rage, started I I kind of blocked half of it but it was bad it was intense like there was a crowd that gathered (laughs) to watch what happened in silence she was smacking me across the face she dragged me by the hair home and now I'm thinking not one person reported her and when I went to Catholic school again that like that time in kindergarten when you have a little kid saying hey my mom's gonna kill me my mom's gonna kill me why wasn't that reported yeah yeah. Oh, it that's that's crazy though, isn't it? That this happens in front of your teacher, in front of all of these people, and nobody does anything. Nobody says anything. I get involved. Maybe yeah. they sense how like insane she was. Maybe they don't want to get involved in that. So yeah. I kind of, in a way, it's it's sad. I wish somebody would have done any, done something, but in a way I kind of understand why they didn't. Mm. Yeah, but I think, I mean, I hope now that we understand better that, you know, we actually do need to step in and help a child in this situation, especially a teacher. It's really part of what they're meant to be doing for, for a child. You know, you shouldn't just be ignoring anything as obvious as that. A lot of kids are going through stuff that nobody ever sees, but this is this was blatant right out in front of everybody. How were you coping inside your own head at this time? Like sad. I'm surprised I never self-harmed or anything or have some kind of eating disorder. Like I was I was thinking, I'm like, how how come I didn't have that? Like, you know, I you know, a lot of people would kind of go down that route, but I do have PTSD. And it still haunts me till this day. Like, and I still cry about it. 
I feel embarrassed. Mm. Yeah. So. But you know, when you say, I feel embarrassed, there's no shame for you to feel. This is not, this is not your shame. This is something done to you by somebody that should feel the shame, not you. You should never feel shame for what happened to you. You seem like, my gosh, you know, you're this kid who's going to the supermarket, you're buying all the stuff, you're doing everything right and you're living your life terrified and there's no shame for you, Natasha. You know, yeah. always always remember that. And I just wonder having your grandparents, because you weren't there with your mum nonstop for your whole childhood, maybe you say I didn't get an eating disorder or I didn't get whatever. I just wonder because I, I feel like you had time with people that did care about you that I kind of would have broken it up a little bit because I, I should imagine that you would have been in such a different space had you been with your mother your entire childhood. Totally agree with you over there. Yeah, I think yeah. my grandpa was my saviour at that point. You know yeah. what I mean? my mom ever did anything right it was leaving me there yeah absolutely thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me if you listen on apple i would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast it would mean a lot check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode If you're on Instagram, follow me at My Big Love Project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.